That's right. It's episode three of More Football. Thanks so much for checking us out. I'm your host, Adnan Burke, alongside Vox Lombardi and Richard Johnson. And I thought about calling in sick. I mean, this is episode three, so maybe I'll hold off a little bit later on. I wouldn't look good if I call in sick for episode three. But the reason why is because the Eagles are 0-2 and Vox's Cowboys somehow pull off a monumental win. That's why he's wearing a Cowboys hat. You know what? We're going to talk Cowboys in a little bit, but go ahead, Vach. I'm going to give you an opening statement. What would you like to say? Because clearly you're feeling pretty good about life right now. I just want to say, man, when the Cowboys win on Sunday, they win every day. So happy Cowboy Week. Some of y'all watch this as soon as it comes out. Some of y'all are busy people. Y'all may get to it Friday and Saturday. Happy Cowboy Friday. Happy Cowboy Saturday. It'll be a good show. <laughs> I like the pop right out of the gate. It is going to be a good show. We're guaranteeing it. We're going to get to lots of issues, especially what is a loaded slate when it comes to great games here in week three. But first off, big deal or no deal. You may have noticed a spate of injuries, a rash of injuries across the National Football League. And we're going to acquaint whether or not they're a big deal or not a big deal. Fairly straightforward, right? Kick it off first with Saquon Barkley, the New York Giants. Richard, they're a brutal team. Saquon done for the season. Big deal or no deal? Yeah, if, if they were going to win any games, obviously it was going to be Saquon that was going to lead them. Uh, I, 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 you have to be worried about that. You know, they brought in Devontae Freeman for a visit. Uh, and, and if he's going to be the future in the backfield, I, I guess if nothing else, they're really going to find out if Daniel Jones is going to take a step forward or not, because that safety blanket he's got is now gone, unfortunately. Yeah, this is this is no big deal at all. This is worst case scenario for Daniel Jones, because if anything, hey, we got one star player, but now you have zero. So if anything, you go from a two and 14 team to maybe a one and 15 team. I don't know for sure, but this is not really a big deal. No big change. Devontae Freeman, by the way, signing a one-year deal with the Giants. So he's going to hopefully try to help them out of the backfield because it could be a little unsightly. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, big deal or no deal, Vach. McCaffrey hurt. You know what an all-world player he is for the Panthers. Now, see, technically this is the same kind of situation, but the big difference is I think the Saints are working down. I think the Falcons are working down. The Buccaneers, possibly a weird little situation going on over there. So if I'm Teddy Bridgewater and I'm watching how my other uh, you know, league mates are doing in the South, I'm like, hey, man, we may have a chance to go 9-7 and seven possibly and win this division and make a playoff run. But with Christian McCaffrey gone, it's kind of weird now. So this is a pretty big deal for them in my opinion. I agree because through it all over the last few seasons, Christian McCaffrey has been the constant in that offense. And I'm talking about 90% of snaps, 94% of the snaps. I believe last year, 97% of the snaps, Christian McCaffrey was on the field. I, he was the thing that you count on. He was the stalwart. Uh, the, the structure of the offense and the way that they're going to attack defenses is going to fundamentally change for the rest of the season because he's not on the field. So, yeah, I'm going to go big deal there. Whether they were going to win six games, ten games, whatever games or not, uh, because they have to revamp this whole offense, I think it, it's a big deal. All right, that brings us to the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, their starting quarterback, going to be out probably for at least a week. That means Mullins, the backup, is back in. The turf at MetLife, a disaster, because Nick Bosa's also gone for the season. One of the great defensive players in that defense, obviously was a stud from a season ago. How believe them to the Super Bowl. Richard, big deal or no deal? The combo of no Jimmy G, at least for a week, and Bosa done for the year for the Niners. I think Jimmy G is less of a big deal than Bosa is. I, I think with Jimmy and Kyle Shanahan, we trust. I, I think he can scheme around <laughs> it for a few weeks. Nick Nick Mullins can keep that thing treading water on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, when you combine Nick Bosa with Solomon Thomas getting hurt, 
uh, and, and Richard Sherman being hurt on the back end as well. I, I think that defense, you're taking pieces out of that defense that work as a unit so well. You know, we, we know how the 49ers play defense in a sense of they've got four guys, four absolute uh, studs on that defensive line that are going to get after you. When you remove one of those guys, do the 49ers then have to blitz, which means you're removing guys from potential coverage situations, and you're already a little bit thin comparatively on, on the coverage side of the ball with Richard Sherman. I, it's that's it's how that defense works in concert with each other is why I think, yeah, I'll go Nick Bosa at least. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. And, you know, the the best part about that D-line is that when everybody's good, nobody gets double teamed. So with Nick Bosa being gone, somebody's going to get a little more work there. So if the 49ers are going to win, they're going to have to play defense and they're going to run the ball. That's their formula. They play defense and they run the ball. So with Nick Bosa being gone, that's one part of your formula. At no point did I say anything about Jimmy. The problem with Jimmy, Jimmy actually won a game throwing seven passes. You can do it without him, man. It's all good. No, no <laughs> deal. Be all right for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. No respect. No respect for Jimmy G. Marlon Mack and Malik Hooker. Watch about that combo of players. So this is weird because I think the Colts actually got better. And we don't really have an option to say so deal, I guess. No deal. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor uh, is a stud rookie from Wisconsin. So the more carries he gets, perfect. The one thing I hate about the National Football League, some of these some of these coaches, uh, we believe in seniority. Marlon Mack's been here. He's going to get the first nod. That's cool. Taylor is the guy. Give the ball to him. And he is such the guy. Naeem Himes, he we just didn't see anything from him. He had a he had a he had a great week too. But Taylor was so good, we, they just didn't feature Himes as much. So I think John, Jonathan Taylor is the guy. The problem with Malik Hooker, and he's so, so good, man. He was so good in Ohio State. Uh, but injuries, man, and injuries have kind of been his problem since he's been playing football. So I don't really see much change there, but they definitely got better by giving Jonathan Taylor the ball more. Yeah, I think with the Colts, you have a situation of uh, when Marlon Mack kind of gets over this and, and, and gets through this injury, maybe in the summer or, or even next season, now you've got a trade chip. If someone needs a running back, you've got an absolute bevy of them. And if you need to make a move next season at the trade deadline or what have you, you've got some uh, you've got a movable piece uh, to make a transaction if you need to get a, a piece back in a trade transaction. So this entire segment, Big Deal or No Deal, really it's just an excuse for me to talk about with Richard, his boy Blake Bortles. Because Drew locked down, Big Deal or No Deal, your boy Bortles, back now with the if, Broncos. If you're, big Deal or if No you're Deal. Paying, if you're paying American dollars to Blake Bortles to play quarterback uh, in the year 2020, that's a bad deal. I don't know if that's one of the options <laughs> on the table, but that's a bad deal. Uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, obviously Vaughn Miller's already out. Uh, that, that team is... That team needs stars. That team needs players. Uh, Drew Locke's hurt. Cortland Sutton's hurt. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy's going to have to step up big time uh, because it may be just Jeff Driscoll throwing the ball or uh, Blake Bortles. So, yeah, it, it's the same thing uh, similar to the Panthers. With a team like the Broncos, you, you don't think that ceiling is particularly high, but then you add injuries to the mix and you're like, well, they're definitely not going to hit a ceiling that wasn't very high anyway. Blake Bortles is a playoff quarterback. I need both of y'all to chill. He's going to come in. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm kidding, man. Blake's, bad. Blake's not good at all. Um, I, like, I like what you did with that, Vaughn. That was good. <laughs> but to be fair, I didn't really see where Drew Locke proved to be the guy that we thought he was. And, and you know, saying we, not like me, but we like, you know, football fans. Not, not, not me. Don't point. Right, right, right. Not right. me. They, 
Right. They were just kind of ready to anoint Drew Locke, but he hasn't done anything. So if I can say anything for Blake, I mean, he has some receivers there. He has a running back. They're going to play tough on defense, but uh, I really don't see where Drew Locke was the big impact anyway. Lock and load. Good luck to the Broncos and Bortles. All right, that's big deal or no deal. And from here, we segue to a couple of Nostradamuses here. That's right. Richard and Vot somehow can see the future because at least when it comes to their teams, they know the personnel, they know the rhythms of the team. When it came to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Dallas Cowboys, both these guys felt what was coming. Vot, first with you. And if we know anything about the Falcons, if we know anything about the Falcons, if the Falcons is famous for anything, if there's a meme on the internet about the Falcons, They'll blow a lead. If you know anything about the Falcons, they'll blow a lead. For God's sakes, can the Falcons blow another big lead since the Super Bowl? Oh, that's right. They did that against America's team. And by the way, when it comes to this unbelievable onside kick, he just touched the ball, Falcons. Is that an idea? Congrats to your Cowboys. <laughs> Listen, man, this is the one thing that I don't understand. If you're on social media, don't use your little Twitter finger saying, oh, well, the Falcons gave this game away. They did not give this game away. If anything, the Dallas Cowboys attempted to give the game away, put the ball on the turf five times. You don't play basketball with the football. You keep it in your hands. You hold on to it. So we were giving the game away. But Rain Dakota Prescott, MVP Dak Prescott, I said it. I said it on more football. MVP candidate Dak Prescott just dug us out of that hole. Just slowly but surely dug us out of that hole. And if we know anything about the Falcons, I was like, man, they're not very good on defense. They're not very good on defense. And MVP, I'm going to keep saying, I'm going to speak it into existence. MVP candidate Dak Prescott. You know, everyone says, oh, well, Vach, that offensive line. Dak is good because of that offensive line. Well, we had injuries all over the place, three backups on that offensive line. And everyone says, oh, well, he can't put his team on his back. Dak Prescott has no more room on his back because there are so many Dallas Cowboys on it. The entire Cowboy Nation is on his back. If you don't like loud, braggadocious Cowboy fans, maybe you should send a team that can get the job done next time. Oh, well, even even next week, right? The Seattle Seahawks, big game. That defense has given up 800 passing yards in the last two weeks. Tell them to step up or step down, Cowboy W. We're going to go 15-1 and one until somebody proves us different. If the Cowboys win another game, I'm not sure. I, I don't. We're doing more Cowboys. That's the new name of the show. If they win another game, me and Adnan can do it alone. <laughs> we don't need you. I, I get it, though, Vach. And and it's it's it was a good team winning a game. A, a wise man once told me that good teams find ways to win and bad teams find ways to lose. The cow, when when you've got a situation of this team fumbled a lot. I mean, we know that, you know, an oblong ball bounces very odd ways. You can't count on fumbles. The, the, the Falcons, I should say, did not build a sustainable lead. Now, obviously, if they get that onside kick, they hold on and they win that game and they're able to stymie a furious comeback from the Dallas Cowboys. But it happens. But when you saw how the Falcons built that lead, you couldn't help but think this game is going to rubber band. I, I didn't know the Cowboys were going to be able to get over the hill, but it did rubber band back. And even if the Cowboys would have not gotten that onside kick and would have lost that game, I don't think the 0-2 Cowboys at this type of 0-2, it's not a lost season to say or anything like that. I, you know, they played well against the Rams. They lost to a good team. They, uh, you know, they, they had miscues in a game against the Falcons, and then they stormed back and, you know, in this alternate reality, almost won the game. But obviously, the Falcons, <laughs> I don't even know what to call that, and the Cowboys get over the hump and end up winning that game one and one. And uh, no pictures on the scorecard when we talk about their record at the end of the season, right? 
Rich, there's no such thing as 0-2 Cowboys. I don't even want you to say weird things like that. You know, whenever the Cowboys lose week one, they they move on to the playoffs. Just every single time that they go to the playoffs, they just lose that first week. So I'm willing to say we lost the first game on purpose. That's my fandom speaking, but my bad. I, I'm, I, I'm, I know a little bit of degree of difficulty for the rest of the season. I'm here, I'm here to be an analyst. We gave all those things away to make the fight a little more fantastic. That's all. So that was the story with the Dallas Cowboys. And Richard, you know your Jaguars better than anybody. You could feel victory slipping into defeat. How did you know this was going to happen? I say again, a wise man told me, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. Calling a squib kick late in the first half, bad decision number one. A good kicker scuffing the, the squib kick, bad decision number two. And then not blitzing on the subsequent first down play the Titans had, Busting a little bit in the coverage behind. Uh, not too bad, but look, it was a big catch. It got the Titans in the field goal range. They go up by three more points. And I, I just knew it, man. I just said the Jaguars are going to lose this game by three. I've seen this movie before. Uh, add insult to injury. Josh Lambeau then misses an extra point. So the Jags end up with four fewer points out of this game than they obviously should. And guess what that final scoring margin was, boys? Listen, the other day, Richard and Voss know their teams. Okay, folks, you just have to understand that. Accept it as we move on. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. To zone. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N, DAZN. Now, you know there's always overreactions at this point of the football season, heading into week three, a bunch of 2-0 teams, people feeling themselves. I can hear the roar of Bill's Mafia coming from Western New York. As far as 2-0 teams that you're skeptical of, Vach, what about Josh Allen? Also, with Brian Dable, Colin plays. He's throwing the ball downfield forward and passing. They got Jim Kelly back there. Are you buying the Bills at 2-0? Since when did Bills fans get so annoying? Y'all don't have to tweet me talking about what Josh Allen is or is not doing. We're looking at it. And to be fair, like, yeah, he he's 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 2-0. He's very much so undefeated. Congratulations, Bills Mafia. But that's the Dolphins and that is the Jets. I need y'all to chill because the because the rest of your schedule, you have the Chiefs, Cardinals, Patriots twice. You got you got some charges on there, 49ers. Like good luck to you. Seahawks, good luck to you. I think at some point all this is just gonna, you know, just work its way back into place. The universe will be evened out again. And I just remember once upon a time, Buffalo Bills, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they went six and zero, and Bills Mafia, they were just walking on sunshine. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then they ended up like six and ten. So good luck to you. I do appreciate the musical reference there, Vach. I, I do yeah. think you Katrina can, the waves. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you can admit here that Josh Allen has taken, looks like he's taken a step forward from last year. But what I will say is I don't know how far that step is because, like Vach has said, uh, they haven't played a good team. <laughs> they just played one of the worst teams in the NFL week one, and they absolutely lambasted them. Okay, sure. uh, they played a bad Dolphins team as well. Uh, so yeah, he, he he did what he was supposed to do against those teams, particularly with a revamped receiving course. Stephon Diggs looked incredible on Sunday. So okay, that's fine. You've done it against the least of them. Now do it against the real team, and we'll talk. 
You mentioned Stephon Diggs, by the way, Richard. The guy had more receiving yards than the entire Vikings team. So clearly, he's paying dividends so far with Buffalo. Richard, how about for you? 2-0 team you're most skeptical of? Uh, it's definitely the Bears. I mean, if you want to bet big on Mitch Trubisky, have fun. I get he came back against the Lions. I get that they pulled it off against again on Sunday. But I just why, – why do you have to dig out of a hole? Why would I trust a team that has to dig out of a hole, particularly with the Packers on the schedule ties? We talk about the real teams that are coming up in these schedules. I, I just don't buy into that that Mitch is turning a corner or anything. And to be fair, I don't think Bears fans do either. I think Bears fans, sort of as a monolith, understand, like, this is who this guy is. He's going to be inconsistent. And, you know, he somehow has found it the first two weeks of the season when they've needed it the most. But I, that's not that doesn't mean that I think that that's sustainable for the rest of the season for the Bears to really make a run here. I'm with you. Listen, Trubisky, they, they should have lost that game against the Lions, right? The Lions are an embarrassment. The fact they couldn't win that game. So I agree with you that Bears fans are about as self-loathing as it gets. They're not even buying that 2-0 start. Let's talk about surprising teams in step. For those who are unaware, Vach and Richard always do a great job breaking down film, breaking down college quarterbacks, so on and so forth. Justin Herbert, a guy with a lot of talk. Vach, obviously coming out of Oregon. What'd you make of his debut there with the Chargers? So I tell you what, he looked very poised. And just based on what he was doing in Oregon, it's some of the same things that he was doing um, last Sunday. You know, just kept it simple. Handoffs. They gave the ball to Austin Eckler and um, uh, J- uh, Josh Kelly. John Kelly, forgot his name. Uh, UCLA running back, Kelly. Uh, gave him uh, <laughs> my bag. Gave him yeah. J. Kelly, 22 carries. Uh, plenty of work. But the one thing that I find most impressive about him is that he's a certain kind of quarterback to where he has the arm talent to make those weird big boy throws, right? You know, when you're on the right hash and you can hit a receiver in the back left end zone, those those throws, and he made one of those throws, that's very impressive. So, I mean, we just talked about the Bills. We just talked about Josh Allen. I think that Justin Herbert and the Chargers can win games just like that. Run the football a bunch, be tough, and make those throws sometimes. Just cut down the playbook and take away throws that he's not comfortable making and I think you have a pretty solid product will they win a bunch of games I don't know but uh he was very poised I will say that the thing that I loved about what the Chargers did on Sunday Vach is they actually used Justin Herbert in the option game they ran a few speed options with Justin Herbert it took the Chargers like eight snaps to do what it took Oregon like 10 games to do Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game in the Rose Bowl decided, hey, we're going to use Justin Herbert's legs. And it added a dimension to Oregon's offense last season. It's the same thing that it did for the Chargers on Sunday. Yeah, Justin Herbert's going to have to progress as a passer. He's going to have to make big boy throws. He's going to have to maintain consistency as a passer. But this dude has some legs and this dude can run, seriously run. Uh, and, and I think that it adds a dimension to the Chargers offense uh, that will create some staying power for Justin Herbert in the league. And just a week ago, Richard, we were talking about the Browns, the Bengals, and the Browns bounce back. But I don't necessarily focus on Baker Mayfield. How about Nick Chubb and OBJ? What do you think? I, I think they sort of took the ball out of Baker's hands uh, in a sense. I, I, I They did. They leaned on what, uh, what they have, which is obviously Nick Chubb. But they also went over the top to Odell Beckham. And, you know, that those are the things that I think Baker can do. I think when you add too many things on Baker's plate, when you give him too much to do, I, I think that's when it gets sort of helter-skelter and, and the offense sort of falls apart. But, yeah, they, they, they kept it simple on a Thursday night on a short week. Now, now you got to do it again. Get the ball to your best players. 
Beckham, Chubb, even Kareem Hunt. Shouts out to him. Those are your best players. Baker Mayfield is not one of your best players. If you just put him in a situation where he's a talented bus driver, that's your best success. And that defense, they look pretty nice. Miles Garrett's pretty aggressive. So just keep it simple. Do easy things. And, and to Kevin Stefanski's credit, I, you know, that's something he's used to doing, being with the Vikings over the last few seasons. It, it's a quarterback who is above average, can be good on certain days. And so you keep things simple you you know you don't necessarily have to lean on him to win the game you lean on the component parts around him uh to win the game it's amazing baker mayfield i thought was gonna be a transcending quarterback and now the way you guys are describing is game game manager not a game changer the best thing the fabulous baker is what he is yeah his, his commercials at least are great rich i'll give him that his thespian acting talent off the charts all right. I hate his commercials. <laughs> let's move to week three. Voss is a hater. Uh, this schedule is unbelievable, boys. We were joking about week two. being like, eh, not great. Week three? Are you kidding me? Let's kick it off with Chiefs, Ravens. Voss, you've got Mahomes. You've got Lamar. Monday Night Football. Does it get much better than this? I tell you what, I could be wrong, but I think the Chiefs and the Ravens looked kind of shaky in week two because they were looking forward to week three. This is the juggernaut matchup. And to be fair, they could be meeting each other again. Um, so let's see what happens. Offense is going to be electric. Let's just see if if those defenses can hang in there. Um, rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so excited. Ed Ogeron calls him 6'4", 270 Clyde because, of course, he runs bigger than his actual size. And uh, let's see if J.K. Diamonds can get more snaps, man. I like Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram. Is a, is a is a great running back, good leader in that locker room. But let's let the young guys take over a little bit. It should be electric, big points uh, for all my betters. Take the over. Uh, yeah, game of the season. I mean, I cannot wait. Absolute game of the season. You know, the Ravens sort of squeaked it out against the Texans. Uh, they took advantage of a really bad alignment on that on that big play late that the Texans had. And you know, I can't even count. I missed count uh, how many field goals the Chiefs got at the end and they finally were able to kind of push that game into overtime and win that game into overtime you know they both of those teams we talk about it again good teams find ways to win those two teams found ways to win uh you know i don't know if this game is going to be as high scoring as a few years ago when the chiefs met the rams on monday night and, and that game was in the 50s for god's sakes but i do think this game will be as exciting and 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 the stakes it will wet all of our palates for january when hopefully we see these two teams again in the same spot Absolutely. You want high-octane football, it should be a ton of fun. And on the other side of the ledger, let me just mention the Philadelphia Eagles are 0-2, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who are also 0-2. A must-win early in the season for my Eagles. Doug Peterson the Eagles are now 19-18 and since winning the Super Bowl. Clearly, Carson Wentz is not the same ever since Frank Reich departed. They didn't have any sacks given up after eight in the first week, but still a couple of interceptions. And how about the secondary? We're supposed to be revamped, ready to go. No, Jared Goff, he's like a starting pitcher. You spot him a four-run lead, Jared Goff's going to be great. And so the Rams just had their way with that Eagles defense. So Eagles-Bengals, two 0-2 teams. Just imagine Philly Talk Radio if the Eagles actually lose the Bengals. Packers and Saints, Richard, a game here again. You look at Aaron Rodgers in week one, Aaron Jones in week two was great against Drew Brees and the Saints. This should be a fun one, right? If the Packers put up points in this game, I think it could be a house of horrors for the Saints because we've seen that Saints receivers are getting open downfield, but a couple things, one thing we we did think was probably going to be an issue and one thing we didn't for the Saints as far as the vertical passing game. The first thing, the offensive line for the Saints is a little bit shakier than I think we expected. I, you know, those are things that they could probably shore up, but a little bit shakier than we expected. But 
The thing that we probably did expect was that Drew Brees' arm was going to continue to offer diminishing returns. I don't think anybody thought that it was going to be as tough as it looked Monday night. But if this becomes shootouty, you know, if the Packers really run out to a lead again, if this game is pushing high 30s, 40s, uh, you know, are the Saints going to be able to keep up in the vertical passing game with Drew Brees currently or Jameis Winston time? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I tell you what, man, you know, when you have one of the best route runners in football, your old man arm tends to look a little better. But when he's not on the field and you have to make throws to these other guys, I mean, it kind of got shaky for Drew Brees there. But I just want to talk about the Packers, man. They have seemed to be a little more synergistic than I thought they were going to be. They uh, There doesn't seem to be any arguments on the sideline, no fist fights, no locker room leaks about Aaron Rodgers being miserable here, no trade rumors or anything <laughs> like that. Why is it so peaceful in Green Bay? But with all this peace, we've seen wins and production. So Winning if- cures everything, Vach, you know. Everything. So if Green Bay comes in as fantastic as they have been and old man Breeze comes in, as old man breeze, then it could get scary quickly. But it will be interesting to see what happens because Alvin Kamara is a superhero. Yeah, he is certainly phenomenal. The Saints love the fact they've locked him up. Steelers and Texans exclusively on DAZN. Watch what happened to your boy Billy O'Brien. Right now the Texans 0-2 against the Steelers. Shout out to Chase Claypool. More on him in a second with the Canadian wide receiver. Had a huge touchdown. What about the Texans and Steelers? Once again, exclusively on DAZN. What are you looking forward to in this matchup? Every time the Texans lose a game, I just feel, I just, just everything is better. The world is better. Air is cleaner. <laughs> I'm taller. My teeth are whiter. It's just, Bill O'Brien, look, to be fair to you, you just played two Super Bowl teams in a row, right? But the Pittsburgh Steelers are a playoff team. But to take all that away from you, this is kind of your job at this point. Me as a Cowboys fan, I understand what it is to be a coach to take a bad team and then turn into like a middleweight team. But if you're Bill O'Brien and you're the Houston Texans, you have to upgrade now. You have to beat those teams. So I can only give you so much, so much slack and say, oh, you played a good team this week. I expect that loss. It's your job to overcome that. If not, we're going to go have, we're, we're going to have to find a coach that can beat those good teams. Deshaun Watson can only do so much. Um, and as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have been a pleasant surprise. Um, just Juju is getting it done. Chase Claypool is getting it done. The run game is going to have to whatever, whatever. Uh, ben Roethlisberger doesn't look like the old man that the other old quarterbacks look like. So it could be scary once again for the Houston Texans, and I will be on Twitter letting them have it. What you think, Rich? On our season preview show, Vach, you said that this was going to be a 16-game final exam for Bill O'Brien. He is so far flunking that final exam. I mean, there's no other way to put it. The Steelers are going to get after the Texans on Sunday. You know, We know that they're aggressive. We know that they blitz. We also know that, obviously, I don't mean to beleaguer the point, but we also know that the Texans' Bill O'Brien traded away Deshaun Watson's biggest deep threat that could potentially get him out of situations such as this where he's going to be running for his life and can't just chuck it up there uh, to to an absolute Decepticon. So, you know, I think the Texans are going to have some problems on Sunday because of that. It's, you know, but I do think the Steelers, Steelers are ready for prime time, honestly. Uh, The Steelers are, are ready to rock here. 
Speaking it will not get any easier, man. So, so you know, so you have to beat those teams. And if you want a coach that can't beat the Chiefs and can't beat the Ravens, then hire Vach Lombardi. I can't beat any of those teams <laughs> as qualified as Bill we can O'Brien. Beat we can beat them on Madden. We can beat them on Madden, at least. Yeah. <laughs> beat them on Madden and beat them up on more football. Uh, that brings us to the Cowboys and the Seahawks, one of the great games of the year early in the season. Seahawks and Patriots. Cam Newton leading the Pats down the stretch, and instead the Seahawks Big defensive play to upend him, and Seattle pulls it off. Russell Wilson. You know, earlier, Botch is throwing out the Dak Prescott for MVP. Certainly, Russell Wilson has plenty of people in his corner. Botch, I'll go to you first because the Cowboys. Huge test here against the Seahawks. I have no fear of these people. I understand, you know, good teams and great teams. And to be fair, I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are a great team. I just think Russell Wilson is just phenomenal, you know. So, you know, if there's an impediment to the Cowboys right now, we have injuries all over the offensive line. Well, pass rushers on the Seahawks are Benson Maywa and, like, LJ Collier. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, There's, you know, this – this Seahawks secondary, there are some names on it, but they've given up 800 yards in the last two games. So if we got to go out and play another shootout, then let's play another shootout. And Dak Prescott, I understand the whole fandom of last week, but you know Dak has Dak seems to be a quarterback that can put points up. I feel good about him being able to do that. Uh, Zeke's going to run the football. CeeDee Lamb is going to be rookie of the year. You can write that down. Um, Cooper was great. So if it's going to be an offensive battle, this is another game that you can take the overrun i don't think the cowboys defense is going to be great even if the cowboys defense was fantastic you know that's russell wilson so it'll be a great game it'll be a great back and forth but i tell you what the cowboys are looking two and one right down the barrel Vach, first and foremost cd lamb is not going to be the rookie of the year that's james robinson's award to have uh, learn about him uh yeah the other thing is uh we're gonna hear a little bit uh from your old friend jamal adams on sunday is what we're gonna hear about i, I know that they don't have good pass rushers on the defensive line right now particularly with the guys that are beaten up but the seahawks have been weaponizing jamal adams this season and i cannot wait for them to do that again on sunday particularly against a Cowboys offensive line that's a little banged up, a little beat up. They're going to bring that guy screaming off the edges, and your boy, Rain Dakota Prescott, better have his eyes on a swivel. We saw what happened. Aaron Donald got after him in week one. He can be got after. He's going to have to move a little bit. You know what? There are some fans that think it's disrespectful to call a safety a box safety. I call Jamal Adams a box safety, and I think that's what he is. But that's not to say that he's bad. He's incredible. It's just that all of his best plays – it's just all of his best plays, whether it be versus the run, working at the nickel versus tight ends, blitzing, all of his best plays are in the box. There's nothing wrong with being a box safety. He's just the best one. All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put you guys in a box here, but Bills and the Rams, two and zero. Josh Allen has discussed earlier the questions were before. Can he throw the deep ball? We know he's a great athlete, but apparently the Bills are rolling against inferior competition, as Vach pointed out. And now, Richard, they get the Rams. And the thing about the Rams is you're in that ferocious division which means there's not much margin for error, but Goff looked great slicing and dicing that Eagles defense. So Bills, Rams, how do you handicap this one? Yeah, I, I like the Rams in this game. I think the Rams are actually an underdog in this game, which is – Wow. Uh, but mm. I, I do like the Rams in this game. I think the Rams can win this game. This is what we're talking about. This is, this is the test for Josh Allen. You've beaten two bad teams. You've looked fine against two bad teams. You've looked good against two bad teams. Mm-hmm. This is the test. This is a real football team. This is a real team with a real defense uh, that that they're going to have to figure out a way to, to win the game over 60 minutes. This is not going to be a game where I think the Bills get up big and sit on the game. 
I agree. And I actually think that there are going to be tests on both sides because Sean McVay, he's off to a great start. But let's see if you can do this window dressed offense versus a Bills defense. I think pretty highly of the Bills defense of no name gentlemen. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I need the Rams to win because if the Rams are three and oh, that loss against them looks better for the Cowboys. So I'm going for the Rams. I like where that bias is at. And I'm with you, by the way, Sean McDermott, that no-name defense. Bills D does step up, Vach. Raiders and Patriots, last one to chew on on what is a fantastic week three. Vach, how about John Gruden? You thought maybe he'd be walking the plank. Instead, he's feeling pretty good right now. The Raiders making some noise. You know, it seems like John Gruden is on this same you know, wave that we want the Browns to be on, right? Give the ball to your studs. <laughs> Give the ball to your stud running back, Josh Jacobs. And just Darren Waller is a target machine, right? Fantasy football guys, like, go get that dude. Just go get him in a trade, start him, do whatever you got to do. So they're doing the right things. But it's funny because every now and then, Derek Carr will just drop back and try to be a quarterback and he'll get sacked or he'll throw the ball to the end zone or something like that and miss everybody. So I think that they're trying to find that perfect spot in that offense. But there was a funny part part last week in the Patriots game to where Cam Newton threw like a 40-yard pass to Edelman, and Edelman was like, I haven't felt this much arm strength in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that the Patriots offense is a lot more vertical now, and they're probably going to run Cam a little less just to kind of keep them, keep him healthy and, you know, preserve him because you may need him for the playoffs is looking that way. Uh, But it should be a fun one, but uh, I'm going Patriots. If there's one thing that we know about the Patriots, Vach, you brought up Darren Waller. And, yeah, Darren Waller is going to get his to a point. But if there's one thing we know about the Patriots now, Bill Belichick's scheme from week to week on that defense, is that he is going to take away the most important component of your offense and make uh, make you beat him with somebody else. So can Derek Carr beat the Patriots without Darren Waller? I think you know if Darren Waller has three catches in this game, can can the Raiders win? I don't know. I don't think so. But I think we're going to find out on Sunday. We kicked it off with Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine. We ended it with You're My Wonder Waller as a shout-out to Oasis. Time now. Oh, that's well done. That's a professional. Yeah, thank, you. thank you, Richard. Yeah. I appreciate that. As soon as you mentioned Darren Waller, but this is perfect. Uh, make sure you check out the Rookie Diaries. Our producer, Amit Man, Man, is a big fan of this guy. He loves the fact Chase Blutpool was on there. Longest touchdown from scrimmage, 84 yards, and I caught up with Chase. It's fantastic. Rookie Diaries on the zone. He tells some great stories. They've talked about Juju Smith-Schuster's dog, Instagram, his cooking skills. I'm telling you, great stuff there. In addition to that, check out the lineup. Wesley Chang, Stephen Soyas, always do an awesome job. One-stop shop for fantasy football. And also, if you want more football, check out the walkthrough. Those guys do an amazing job as well. As we leave you with Richard Johnson, Vox Lombardi, Madden Amber, rest in peace to Gail Sayers, one of the game's greats, passing away at the age of 77, the Chicago Bears family mourning him, and we do as well. Rest in peace. We'll see you next time.